212 pounds from Moore Marion High School, making his final appearance at the Palace of Auburn Hills in his 20th NBA season, 17th NBA All-Star, four-time NBA All-Star MVP, 15-time member of the All-NBA team, two-time NBA, NBA's final MVP, 2007 OA MVP League, five-time NBA champion, two-time Olympic gold medalist, and a third all-time leading score ever in the history of the NBA. Certainly, he has given us some great memories over the years. How about a big round of applause for, right now on the floor, number 24, the Black Mama, Kobe Bryant. Man, Tom Mazzaway and the crew here, the rap on NRM Streamcast. We're live from the Jim Reels Friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios. I'm joined by uh, my good buddy Terry Foster. Thanks yep. for coming in, Yo, T. No problem, man. Corey Stewart's in the house, big basketball fan, and of course, uh, from baseball mainly. Ethan Perlman is here as well, young man. Upstanding citizen. Uh, the rock star we never met. The rock star we never <laughs> met. And uh, I'm still in the fog. And I know everyone else probably is as well. And Kobe Bryant passes away yesterday at the age of 41. And that was his last time introduced at the great palace of Auburn Hills. The great John Mason on the mic there. Introduced, of course, earlier than that on Fox Sports Detroit. Uh, from uh, oh, like our Mason buddy George. introduced me one time. Oh, just man. coming to a party. He does it so we cool. We probably make that happen. So sure. good. Yeah. I was at the Palace on Saturday. I took my wife, date night, saw the Nets, and I, sw- I still love going to watch the Pistons play. You know, and I felt like the Palace for a few minutes. I tried to, tried to pretend I was in the Palace, and mm-hmm. I had a really good time. Tough loss for them in overtime. They played hard, by the way, but that's mm-hmm. not what we're here to talk about today. Kobe Bryant yesterday... Gets in a helicopter with his 13-year-old daughter, uh, Gianna, Gigi, who was a protege of his, great little basketball player in her own right. And they were heading over to the Mamba Academy. Uh, so they were in California going from one place to the other, and they had seven other passengers with them, including the uh, pilot. And the helicopter went down shortly after 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, 1 o'clock here in the east. I was taking my daughter literally to basketball, uh, to excuse me, to softball practice when Corey called me and Ethan called me. And I'm like, man, what's going on? Then I, Ethan wrote me a note. Did you see the news? And all of a sudden I see we're talking to Clarence and everything. And I looked and I'm like, I couldn't believe it. I just sat in the car. My daughter's like, what's the matter, Dad? I said, you know, you guys go in ahead, you know. I just had to sit there and I just could not wrap yeah, my I, head I think, around this. I think the thing uh, that happened for many of us, you know, first of all, it's like Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash so that was stunning enough but then when you um you know here his daughter was involved in that what were the final moments like could they oh my did they have time to embrace it. you know because oh God. we've all taken our kids to practices and games and that's what i did with my daughter celine we never went by helicopter nope uh but you know we were on that road to uh rockford illinois which was probably as dangerous because there's construction on there, yeah. and we're dodging trucks. And, no doubt. But, you know, you got to get your baby to our tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
that you know that's the first that's the second thing that hit me was you know Gigi being in the helicopter uh, with Kobe Bryant. So to me, it turned from a NBA follower to a parent oh, thinking yeah. about what those final moments were like, and that's mm-hmm. that's what really touched me. I tweeted it. I mean, uh, I thought about it right away, and I'm like, was what was he holding her? Was he comforting her? Mm-hmm. What, what was happening to the helicopter? First of all, I'll say this. I'll never get in a helicopter. I don't ever want to see a helicopter. I barely want to get in a plane. And I know, like you said, driving to Chicago, driving in Detroit, driving on I-94, you take your life in your own hands every single day. Mm-hmm. I'm driving here today on 696, and there's a couple of guys three miles up. They close two lanes because they're filling a pothole. And and trucks are di- and people are coming 70, 80, 90 miles right, an hour yep. up behind you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Jesus, for, for a freaking pothole. Yeah. So yesterday, TMZ breaks the news. This is the bad part. They break the news of Kobe. And then they throw, oh, he might be with his family as well. All his daughters. I didn't hear anything about his wife, Vanessa. Mm-hmm. But they break the news before Vanessa even heard the news herself. Yeah. TMZ went online and broke it. And John Altabelli... Orange Coast Juco baseball coach, very well respected on that plane with his wife, Kerry, and their daughter, Alyssa. And they have, if I, I understand, I think they have two or three other kids that were home. Mm-hmm. Christina Mauser, who was an assistant girls basketball coach that Kobe picked out to be his assistant coach at his Mamba Academy. Her daughter, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester, that's another mother and daughter, and the pilot. Here's the kicker. Describe, Terry, you, you heard it. He shouldn't have taken off. No, it, it was heavily fog. You know, it was a, a big foggy day. And I guess with helicopters, you should not take off. In fact, the L.A. Uh, police department grounded their um, helicopters. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know how this happened. Maybe Kobe said, no, we're going. Yeah. Or the pilot said, you know what, I'm, I'm a bad guy. I can, yeah. I can do this, and it's mm-hmm. no problem. So as he was climbing 2,000, 2,800 feet in the air, he was trying to go above the fog. Yep. And then that's where something went wrong with, with the copter. Yep. I'm not sure. And I don't, I think we'll find out eventually what the mm-hmm. hell happened. Yeah. Maybe we'll never find out. It doesn't matter. No, All we'll these find pe- out. These people are gone. Yeah. And Kobe and his daughter are gone. And I, just a few weeks ago, I saw this video in Brooklyn. They were at a Nets game. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help but... Smile. I was like laughing, looking at the video of him and his daughter. Yeah, he's teaching her. You know, look, look what's happening on the court, and they're going back and forth. And you see them smile at each other. She looks just like him. She's making that face that he makes, like biting his lip. Mm-hmm. All that. she she's doing the same thing her daddy did. But you can also see she knows something about basketball because sure it looks like she's not agreeing with everything he's no, saying. exactly. So she's kind of yeah. you know fighting back a little bit, which is great to see. He was on a late night show and they asked him, uh, "Hey, you got to have a boy. You, you need a uh, you need to have someone to follow in your footsteps." And then she cut off. She cut off the reporter and she said, "Ho ho ho! I got this. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I got this. You don't I'm, need a boy. I don't, you don't need a boy." Yeah. And he was big into the WNBA and he was really. Try to put them on the map because let's face it, WNBA has not been well respected over the years, and I think it's you know now they're they're going to collect a bargaining agreement, the ladies, and I hope they do well mm-hmm. uh, because they weren't doing real well prior to this contract, and I hope they get the contract yeah. that they deserve. And we all have daughters, not you guys yet, but <laughs> Terry has a daughter. I have yeah. three daughters. Kobe had four daughters. Yeah. 
when you have a girl, man, I don't know, it just changes your life. Yeah. It just changes. I always wanted a boy. Yeah. I always wanted a brother. I got four daughters, four sisters. I always wanted a son. I got three daughters. I root. I'm a, I'm a women's sports fan. Mm-hmm. I watched the UConn girls against Tennessee back in the day. Women, you know? not girls, brother. Women. I'm sorry, I women. Get it right. Not the girl Huskies, <laughs> just the Huskies. Yep. I get it, man. I get it. That's, this is just, you, you know, know, it's, it's, it's just hard. heartbreaking. It's something me. about the dad and the daughter. It's hard yeah. to talk about them yeah. or uh, talk on their behalf without getting emotional. Yeah. If somebody does something wrong to them, you can't discuss it in the same manner. You get pissed off. Yep. And you're not treating her the right way, blah, 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 and you just kind of go off. Yeah. And you become a different person. Yeah. It's just it's a different thing, man. I think some of the biggest things that are coming out, and it's 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 literally day one after hearing that, that Kobe Bryant is no longer in this world, and it's a it's a huge shock and devastation, I think, in the NBA and sports world. I mean, he wasn't just loved by L, you know California he was loved by the entire world and uh growing up I was I'm fortunate to be in that cusp because I got to watch yeah. Michael Jordan growing up that was the one of the first basketball players I got to get into You're lucky. and then immediately Kobe comes into the league and it's like wow I'm watching something even great like I'm watching greatness yeah. and for me as a fan, you know, I I always rooted against Kobe, me but too. that was because he was I such a competitor. I sure I did. I mean, too. when when we won against the Lakers, oh, that I was mean, huge. It, was, it was it was one of my defining moments yeah. in sports. Put it in as Shaq a fan. and Kobe's face. Oh yeah, put it in their face. And yesterday, when we, you know we were down at the Frozen Fish Fiasco, uh, you know, Darren's Darren guys. and everything, and I'm I'm standing there and I'm I'm getting all these reports from TMZ. I'm like. That that can't that can't be right, and I immediately yeah. call Ethan. And I'm just like Ethan, this can't be right. This can't this this is this is this is fake news. This has to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is this. So is we had to have Ethan for, confirm it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is a stat man. For, forget but. ABC, CBS, all those. <laughs> Ethan, Ethan tells me he knows he can always find the good stuff. But it's over. Once it's he tells it's, a tr- you. it's tragic. I mean, this is just this one hurts. This certain one hurts a yeah. lot for a really? lot of sports fans. I am literally in a fog. He is he is he was so loved. Not even just as an athlete. I was uh, listening. to to the radio on the way in he's he was loved by many people and not just because of his athleticism but what he did who he was as a father what he was turning into he was yeah. what he was turning into he won an academy mean, award yeah. for crying out loud yeah he, he he had a plan for after basketball and big time plan we'll, we'll never you know know what what more he was capable of because of an of this, of this unfortunate accident but you saw throughout the day yesterday even events that were taking place before the news broke on the east, you know, on the east coast, like Michigan State, they were about to ask Cassius Winston what he thought, mm-hmm. and Cassius Winston had no idea that no. this incident had happened. And watching yeah. Tom Izzo, Izzo told him break, break, break him, break the news right before the interview. Yeah, I mean, a, as an athlete or a fan, you hear that and you don't believe it at first. Yeah, you don't believe that somebody's life just comes to an end in a helicopter crash because even though like it broke you know a little bit late throughout the day yeah. sports still had to go on and it just didn't feel like a sports kind of day i'm you surprised could, the NBA, nba didn't cancel I, I, i'm, I'm a little shocked to that by myself but you know sport it, sports has to go on and it just every single day and even tiger you know tiger didn't mm-hmm. know about it until he finished was walking off of yeah. 18 um and he you know his caddy rightfully so probably shouldn't have sold him during that time but no. He said, "Hill, you're going to be asked these questions." And Tiger just 
what? Wait, what just happened? Yeah. And it's like I, mean, they I, ran thought, together. I thought they should have played. You know what? The old saying: the show must go on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you know, if if he were playing, I could understand them not, you know, okay. stopping the games and everything. But he's been away from the game. Uh, the show must go on. So they they paid tribute to him yesterday mm-hmm. in, in a great way. Mm-hmm. Taking the twenty four seconds and the eight seconds thing, so you know, let let it roll. So yeah. I, I agree with okay. them playing the game. I'm not going to argue about it because it's not a big deal. Right, it, it just is what it is. But I you know, the thing that amazes me is, you know, you talked about the love he has across the country, but here in Detroit, except for the 2004 finals, mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant got the biggest ovations, and every time he rise, you know, rose to shoot. There was like that anticipation, like, ooh, 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 ooh is it yeah. going to go in? Uh-huh. And so he was really loved here. And if you go out on a summer day with the Lakers in the playoffs and Kobe Bryant playing, chances are in the city of Detroit, people are watching Kobe Bryant over the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. So, Very I mean, true. And, and it wasn't even close. Yeah. You heard the uh, the John Mason tribute, I mean, on his last day at the Palace. I mean, that's why people showed up at that game, yeah. to see to see – to see him. Yeah. And Freddie reminds me, Freddie the Pizza Man just texted in. He passes away just months before he would have been going into the NBA Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's even you know, more disturbing. And we have not heard from his wife, Vanessa, and he has three other daughters at home. And I, I to be her now, they're going to be all over her. They're going to be – I feel horrible for her. And we can't – people always bring up, the rape accusations in Denver years ago, and it never went to trial. I don't think. I think they settled out of court. You know, out and, of court. and the the and we debate, don't know. Debate, the debate for the media is: yeah. Do you just glorify him, or do you bring that up also? Right. So if you don't bring up the rape, rape allegations, then people are going to get mad. Oh, you just glorifying the guy. He was a rapist. He was bad. But if you do bring it up, other people get mad at you. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. why do you have to do that today? Yeah. Right. You don't do that. I don't think you do that yesterday. And no. you know, I, but that's part of his unfortunate. It's part of his resume. But yeah. you know, somebody is going to contact the woman and get her reaction. Of course. Yeah. At some point, no doubt about it. Yeah. It should be three or four days down the road. Isn't so that we'll so, Someone so big like this, you know, and well known, you know, things are going to start coming out of the the woodwork. But you know, for somebody who did something for sports or for entertainment, and for somebody who was making his headway as as a human being, and just you got to look back at it as it wasn't somebody, just somebody. He was a human being, and. Everybody does make those mistakes, and everybody does something terrible in their lives. But at 41, I mean, I'm just it's uh, it's it's shocking just to see not to wake up and say Kobe Bryant isn't here anymore. It's a very weird feeling, and I think, for for us as sports fans and people who enjoy the sport. When you look at a player or you look at a person, they either bring a big smile to your face or you just say, "Okay, yeah, how you doing?" Mm-hmm. Every time I look at this guy, I just want to I just want to smile. Yeah. He makes you want to smile. Yeah. It's just, you know, I, Terry and I are old enough to watch his, remember his dad, uh, Jelly Bean, yes, with the yeah. Sixers. Yes. Solid player. Uh-huh. And here it is. He's got to bury his son. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, that's the one thing you should never do, have to um, yeah. bury your child. This is yeah. it's the toughest thing. Um, you know what? He never got in the way either. He never, like, tried to out Kobe, Kobe. He, you no, never but, heard but they, him. But, they, yeah, they had a, an estranged relationship. Yeah. 
it wasn't the greatest. And supposedly they uh, sold some of his trophies and oh, memorabilia. So there was weirdness there. Okay. Yeah. So That's why. That, that wasn't hunky dory, buddy, buddy, lay, let's go yeah. type of thing there. Hey, we've we've got a video I want to show you guys, and you know we could talk over it if you'd like. But this is Kobe Bryant's career on the court. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's uh, a good one. Let's give it a look, Angel. One name. Kobe. That's all we needed. From the time we first saw him as an ascendant star at Lower Marion High School outside Philadelphia, Kobe Bryant did more than shine. He captivated, and faster than that, he dominated. I have decided to skip college and take my talent to the NBA. Picked 13th in the 1996 NBA draft by Charlotte, Kobe Bryant from Lower Marion High School in Pennsylvania. He was traded that same day to the Lakers. Golden jersey, baby. And Kobe Bryant making his first appearance. Bryant would become the youngest player ever to appear in an NBA game. Kobe Bryant, 18-year-old rookie. By his second season, an NBA All-Star. Playing with a flair, feel, and instinct that, for many, conjured Michael Jordan. That is so difficult. Some people can't dribble between their legs. By his fourth season in 2000, playing alongside Shaquille O'Neal, he was an NBA champion. Are we looking forward to coming back next year and defending our throne? Absolutely. The first of three consecutive titles for the Lakers. After O'Neal left Los Angeles, Bryant would become a leading light and unrelenting scorer in the league. History tonight at Staples Center. Famously dropping 81 against Toronto in 2006. And an 81-point game, 55 in the second half. It's about the W. I turned it on because I felt like we were a little lethargic, so I just started going full board. It just turned into something special. He won the scoring title that season. This is Tom, Tom Rinaldi uh, talking this through. Some great stuff going on here, courtesy of ABC and uh, Tom Rinaldi. Guy does a good job, man. And, uh, that infamous 81. Mm-hmm. Look at those guys. Man. Yeah. And then they go back to back. What is that, 09, 2010? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, that was a solid team. That was uh, to me. That was I in my in one of the last few teams that kind of came together. That wasn't a what I like to call a power team, uh, mm-hmm. led by led by Kobe. I mean, let's listen more in. And perhaps showed most when he returned from a Oof. devastating Achilles injury in 2013 to play three more seasons, and in perhaps the most memorable finale to an NBA career ever. He scored 60 points in his final game. What can I say? Mamba out. In 2016, Bryant retired from the league as an 18-time All-Star, five-time NBA champion, and two-time Olympic gold medalist. Bryant was widely expected to be inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame on the first ballot later this year. One name, one icon, one legacy, 
Kobe Bryant was 41 years old. Number eight and number 24, Kobe Bryant. Man, oh man. Yeah, I wonder what goofball is not going to vote him into the Hall of Fame. None. Like, uh, like Derek, Derek Jeter. Jeter's yeah, guy. man. Hopefully we'll find that guy first of all. Yeah, let's yeah. – De-pants him. Yeah, <laughs> de-pants. Right. Right. But, you know, but, but this, this. – mm -hmm. Well, Tom, what was your what was one of your favorite moments in Kobe history? It's no, it's not a moment. It's just his yeah. whole his whole life, his whole career. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can't help but smile, and I feel like I feel bad smiling looking at that yeah. that video. But I just love the guy. Yeah, and I hated him. Yeah, so I, but that that just, I respect I think the that hell just shows out of, him. of what type of player he was, what type of person he I, was. I'd, I'd say when I covered the NBA, I used to peek into the visitors' locker room to see what people were doing. And most people, uh, you know, horsing around, slapping each other in the ass with a towel, throwing <laughs> spitballs at each other. Kobe was always had the headphones on and was actually staring at the uh, pregame sheet. sheets yep. that mm -hmm. they gave you. Mm -hmm. Mostly they would give to the media. The other guys would never look at him. He yeah. would look at scouting reports. So he was very, very focused. The one time I caught him not focused was prior to the 2004 NBA Finals with the Pistons. Mm -hmm. Uh, the news sent me out there early to talk to players and Phil Jackson, and I got a one-on-one -on -one with Kobe and uh, Gary Payton, and I could tell he didn't tell, take the Pistons seriously. He thought it was going to be a cakewalk, mm -hmm. and he was unfocused. It was a Kobe I had not seen, and as soon as I saw that, I said, these guys aren't serious. They're going to lose this series to the Pistons. And that was during his spat with Shaq, too, right? Yeah, the spat Man, with Shaq. I think, I think that kind of wore him out. I don't know if he might have been unfocused. You really think he took the Pistons lightly? Yes, absolutely. Wow. Because even during the series, I mean, Tayshawn Prince was playing good defense on him. Mm -hmm. He's just saying, you know, I'm just measuring him out. It's just going to be a matter of time. But I, I just don't think he took that seriously. That ser wow. And Phil Jackson kind of, you know, made fun of the Pistons, too, in, a, in, in his book later on. Really? So, uh, yeah, they just, like, this is going to be a cakewalk. The five-game sweep. Five-game mm -hmm. sweep. <laughs> Man, yeah. game three. I'm pretty sure they were thinking maybe we should have done a little bit more research on these guys. <laughs> we broke their back, man. Yeah. We oh broke yeah. Their back. And it was great. It was so great. It was so fulfilling yeah. as a Detroit sports fan. And that yeah. was it for us, right? Yeah. After that, was, is that the end for us? I mean, no, no, you no, made the NBA no, finals no. the next year. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. But is it? But you saw at the end of that video, of course, the the Lakers retiring the eight and the twenty four two years ago. Yep. The Dallas Mavericks have already come out with the statement they're going to retire number twenty four in honor of Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder Cuban. how many teams might follow in that. Well, the Knicks already have twenty four retired for mm -hmm. uh, the great Bill Bradley, mm -hmm. so that can't happen. They could retire number eight though. Mm -hmm. Mike Reardon, Reardon wore that. Right. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I um, I don't think. And I know he's a big name. I don't think he's that big where you would retire his name or name, you know his jersey across the league. I mean, you don't Jackie, think so? No, Jackie Robinson. Well, yes. he was, yeah, he broke the barrier. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. But who else? Right. Who else would you do that for? Well, Jerry West is the logo. He's the logo. The okay, fine. Yeah, I got people saying that they should change the Jerry West logo over to, to yeah. Kobe. Wow. Or Michael Jordan, or yeah. which Nike's already done, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Basically, <laughs> that's true. Mm -hmm. The Jumpman, yes. Is that the should that mm -hmm. be the NBA logo? The Jumpman. Well, it's got to be something different, yeah. Because yeah. then, mm -hmm. then you're just advertising for Nike, Nike so <laughs> yeah. you got to come up with something. <laughs> but I no, I think Jerry West should be just left alone. I think the logo should be left alone. Yeah, mm -hmm. personally.
maybe do something else for Colby. I mean, even even with like you know, like you said, retiring across the league, I don't think that'll happen. I agree with you. Yeah. You know, I think Kobe has defined basketball. I think he's also contributed in in a, such a large sense that I mean, uh, I was watching a lot of the interviews of the players, like after the reactions after some of the games or before the games, and a lot of them were saying, you know, I grew up idolizing Kobe mm-hmm. and throwing you know paper wads into the basket and saying yeah. his name. Kids did it all the time. I did it. You know, it, it's a it's a thing that he was an icon, and uh, it was. Uh, I don't think he'll ever be forgot. That's that's for sure. Yeah. He's definitely gonna. If he doesn't get into the Hall of Fame, I I will. Yeah, yeah he'll be in. Yeah, yeah he'll that, be that'll in. be one goofball yeah. that yeah. doesn't yeah, vote him. Yeah, in. but I mean, might it, be mass. Not, <laughs> not me. I'd put him uh, in right now. Yeah. No, but you know, um, everybody wanted to be like Mike, mm-hmm. and they failed. They had Harold Miner, mm-hmm. Grant Hill, mm-hmm. a bunch of other guys wanting to be the next Michael Jordan, and and they put that pressure on him. Kobe Bryant kind of accomplished that. Mm-hmm. Won multiple championships, yep. scoring championships, played great defense, an icon, uh, not just in sports but around the world. So he was the closest and, and probably accomplished that. Uh, he even had manner, mannerisms like Jordan. He talked like him. Played a little bit like him, but he and, and stood up to the pressure of being like Mike. Mm-hmm. No one else could do that except him. Yeah, that's that's saying something. Mm-hmm. Tom Azaway, Terry Foster, Corey Stewart, Ethan Perlman here on the Wrap NRM Streamcast uh, from the Jim Reels Friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios here in Farmington. We're talking about Kobe Bryant, of course. Uh, how did the Hornets do that trade? I have to go back, and I know that was set up prior to. Yeah, if I remember. they sort of had yeah. to do that. But I'm, why? I mean, the, the can you league, imagine? The league was behind that. Yeah. Uh, they wanted him in New York or Los Angeles. He wanted to play in L.A. Well, why not Zion to New York then? Uh, because it just didn't happen that way. It's a new era. But Kobe wanted to, didn't want to be in Charlotte. The NBA didn't want him in Charlotte. Mm-mm. And right now I think you have the attitude is let's spread our talent around. Let's not have it all in L.A. or Miami or New York. Let's, let's give New Orleans a little love. Okay, it's just a different mentality. But they gave now. they gave him Anthony Davis. I remember that that was a fiasco. They gave that number one pick to to them. Right. And they got to choose Anthony Davis. They couldn't keep him, and now they get Zion, and, and they won't they, be able. They, to they keep probably him. won't be able to keep him either. No. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Knicks are sw- uh, are suffering. They haven't won since 1973, and they're a marquee franchise. Well, you got a bad owner. I know that. You know why not force him the hell out? Yeah, hey, a, I'm, I'm in favor of it. Sure. There's a lot of there's a lot of owners across every sport. I mean, I don't, I don't right know. I, don't, I think Charles out, Oakley but, would agree with you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, I don't know how the Pistons owner is to be to perfectly frank with you. We went from one of the best owners in the NBA to a guy that I don't know if he knows what the hell he's doing. He's a fan. I think yeah, but I don't think he's. I don't. I'm think, a fan too, but I think yeah. I'd be a better owner. Like, like I'm convinced that he had talked to Blake Griffin when he was with the Clippers. And talked him into not pitching a bitch if he came to Detroit. Mm-hmm. There was a little relationship. They said, if you come here, will you keep it quiet on the down low? We'll treat you right. And he we'll said, We'll hire sure. you at a platinum equity when, sure. you're, when your career is over. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Blake Griffin didn't want to go from the Clippers to the Pistons. Give me a break. I know. But, but that has, makes me yeah. sad, too, on the same thought. You know, when he got traded here, mm-hmm. and I look at him now sitting on the bench in the street clothes, and I'm like, 
I know you don't want to be here, man. Yeah, and, and it's I feel, cold. But you know what? I I just I really dig this team. We I, have no Kardashians. No, here. there's no, no Kardashians. No, thank you. Didn't no. she come with him? And no. then like I think she broke up with him or something. Yeah, like, like nah, it's too cold. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that it? Did, what is did, did, Detroit? Detroit, you're making up names of cities now. What is Detroit? Oh, Dan, Dan Gilbert hadn't built up downtown like he has now yet. So that's, that's, that's the thing that, uh, that scared her away. Yeah. Listen to some of these other athletes. And you know what? Like I said, I don't want to get in a plane. I really don't. Yep. I will because, you know, my kids want to go to Florida and we don't want to drive 20 hours again. Mm-hmm. We've done it twice. Mm-hmm. But it's easier to fly. Yep. Mostly easier to Mostly. fly. I really don't like. Not, it's not cheap I don't to fly. Like, I don't yeah. like. But parking. just don't get into a helicopter when it's foggy. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. All right. So Roberto Clemente. This is one that hits me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, here it is on New Year's Eve, and he's going to Nicaragua, Nicaragua mm-hmm. on a plane filled with food and drink, and the plane can barely get off the freaking ground, and they mm-hmm. send it up anyway. Yep. Yeah. That goes down. Jose Fernandez. We all know about the young Marlin. He's partying on a boat. That's kind of his own fault on that one. He passes away. Mm -hmm. Roy Halladay Mm -hmm. playing around in a plane, going up and down, making – and from what I understand, he might have been high as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rocky Marciano, no no fault of his, goes down in a plane. He passes away. My man, Thurman Munson, he's a bad pilot, yet he wants to go out and – and land and do all of this kind of stuff, right. and mm-hmm. he dies. You know how he dies? He doesn't die from the crash. He burns to death Ugh. because he was paralyzed when the plane hit the ground oh, in terrible. Canton. They couldn't get him out. He said, just go, go. Ugh. That's how Thurman Munson passes away. Payne Stewart. Yeah. Remember the plane went up the, the, so high that— Yeah, it, it iced up. Yeah, it, it iced up. up. They, all, they all basically died mm-hmm. in the plane, mm-hmm. and then it just ran out of gas, I guess, and, and crashed right. after that. Mm-hmm. Then the great Drazen Petrovic of the Nets in a high-speed race car. He passes away, and Corey Lytle, another pilot— from the Yankees flies into an apartment building in yep. New York. Mm-hmm. Right, but but you you can um, you can fly. There was no Delta or American Airlines or Spirit no. Airlines. Mm-hmm. So these are private planes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So you're okay, Mass. I know. But how about the Marshall football team back in 1970, 71? That that plane. 70-71, brother. I know. We got we got the new stuff now. I know. So I can't. You, you'll be safe. I can't get rid of this stuff out of my head. I really cannot get rid of this stuff out of my head. Mm-hmm. This stuff but shakes I, me. I, up. I have been yeah. in a helicopter a couple times. They're scary. Yeah. That's, what were you doing? Uh, one were you time, doing weather, traffic and no, weather no, no, on, no, on the 8th? No. I was in Hawaii, okay. Maui. Okay. And they had the helicopter ride. To go over the <clears throat> volcanoes and everything, over the islands? No volcanoes, but you go to waterfalls. Um, Maui is inaccessible. Most of it is. So they can't take you by helicopter, and they fly you right up to these waterfalls that you can't see. Otherwise, that's it's, okay. It's I don't beautiful. need to see him. I don't need <laughs> to see him. I don't need. Sorry, Celine, uh, sorry, Abby. We're staying home. Ma- we're staying Ma- on the Ma- beach. Abby Baz turns on his uh, shower and just thinks hey, that's Abs, pretty we're staying on the beach. It is. That's what I would have. Right, and we saw the valley where uh, the dinosaurs were running. Oh, good. Oh, right. Oh, Jurassic, oh, Jurassic Park. Park. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, good. yeah I'll watch yeah. the movie. That was cool, but it was beautiful. I'll watch the movie, and you get a video too. That's good. Oh, good. I'm glad you get the video. I'm going to bring my video in. Yeah, great. Let's show it. Show it. I want. Matter of fact, your partner Jimmy King is going to join us on. The other side of this break, Jimmy King, of course, NBA. Uh, I'm sure he's got some great stories about Kobe, and he's got his thoughts. He joins us on the wrap on NRM Streamcast after this from Jim Reels. Yo. 
check out the newest member of Jim Reels family of dealerships, the all-new Jim Reels friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. During the Start Something New Sales event, lease the 2020 Jeep Compass Limited 4x4, now just $145 a month with zero down. Or lease the 2020 Ram 1500 Crew Cab Bighorn 4x4, now just $199 a month with zero down. For your best deal, it's the all-new Jim Reels friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. And there's nothing more friendly than a great deal from Jim If you or your family is touched by autism, learn more about Freddy's Foundation at hashtag pop the tap at freddythepizzaman.com. That's F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Or email freddythepizzaman at gmail.com. And we're back on the wrap on NRM Streamcast. Terry Foster, Corey Stewart, Ethan, and myself, Tom Mazaway, here uh, talking about Kobe and uh, just basketball in general and where it's going to go from here. And, you know, they're going to be tribute after tribute and mm-hmm. getting back to flying around in airplanes and helicopters. Uh, Terry flew uh, from uh, in Maui, right? From uh, Honolulu Maui. to Maui? No, no. Uh, where, where no, it was you take the co- the helicopter, it's in Maui, and it just stays on the island. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's so much of the island that you can't see unless you're a, a, right. a great hiker. Sure. That uh, they just take you by helicopter. Now, was it's, it one of the big ones, like one of the like the ones no. where you can like sit in and there's like a couch, or was it like one of the small ones where you're like kind of cramped in there and you're kind of looking uh, at the... you could, We had uh, five people in there: the pilot, uh-huh. and then there was uh, four other people. Okay, that's it. It's it was small, mm. and it's not cheap. No, uh, in fact, I went back. Was going to do it again. They jacked the price up to like 500 bucks for like an hour. What? what? <laughs> well, they saw you coming. They're like, oh, this guy, we got him I last got time, him. remember? Well, we got guess him last what? Time. That guy said no. <laughs> hey, before Jimmy King joins us, just a couple of games over the weekend. Michigan falls to Illinois on Saturday, 64-62. People are all up in arms about uh, the maize and blue, and they play Nebraska tomorrow in Nebraska. Michigan State, number 11, they knocked off. Uh, Minnesota yesterday, seventy to fifty-two, and that was the game where uh, uh, Cassius Winston he did not even know about Kobe Bryant. No one mentioned it to him, and then they were going to interview him. And there's a video of Tom Izzo whispering in his ear and how uh, shaking his head, Cassius yeah. shaking his head, can't believe it. And they play uh, Northwestern tomorrow, six thirty, for the tip uh, Wednesday for Wednesday. And yep. uh, what's up with the Pistons here? Pistons lose to the Nets on Saturday night in overtime. That was a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derrick Rose ties the game late, drove the court, drove the I mean, 50, 45 points for Kyrie Irving, but he couldn't put him away at the end of the game. Mm-mm. Both teams played really hard. They're out yeah. diving for balls. I mean, you couldn't tell that these teams were really, really bad. Neither team could shoot, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, coast to coast for Derrick Rose, who's having a renaissance season. Tell you what. Have you, he's it's crazy. He's great to watch. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I love this fact that he's wearing a Pistons jersey right now. And the Palace crowd chanting MVP, MVP. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have a hell of a lot to he, cheer for here. You know, but that was a fun game. He's to go a lot through. slower and not as quick as he used to right. be. Mm-hmm. But now he's got that old man savvy that people just can't deal with. Yep. F- former MVP, right? Yep. Right. Former MVP. And that's yep. when he could shake you. Yep. He can't shake you like he did before. Though the but, Pistons but. lose back-to-back home games. They lose to Memphis Friday night, Brooklyn yesterday, uh, on Saturday. Uh, they're 10th in the East, 17-30, and 30, and they play the Cavs tonight also uh, at Little Caesars Arena. Mm-hmm. So Just missed the playoffs. 
They just, yeah, just, it's not worth making it. I mean, Milwaukee's got it, the yeah. best record in yeah. the NBA. Yeah. They're a juggernaut on. right now. Do, yeah. do you think they actually have a who – you, who's your favorite right now in the NBA? For everything? Yeah. Uh, now that I the Lakers think, have even this more to play I, for I now. think because he's got that experience and he's got the mentality that I'm the man. I think uh, the Clippers. Well, Ky- Ky- we are, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, yeah. I just think he is, and Paul. You know, George. he, he uh, yeah. Paul, I, I'm not a big fan of Paul, right. Paul George. I think he, mm-hmm. he's not a he bad chokes player. A lot. I mean, he's not bad, but he's not all that in a bag of chips. But he's good no. when he has a player like Kawhi with him. Sure, yeah. he's, all right. he's complimentary, I think, but you know, definitely not all star in my book. So you like the Clips? Clips or Milwaukee? You like? Okay, you think the Bucks got it, huh? Yeah. Usually these East teams, you know, they they got it know. so far. But uh, the West. You can get beat up during oh, yeah. the playoffs. No doubt. And uh, who's going to challenge Milwaukee in the East? I don't think anybody. So they'll come in a little fresher, maybe play three or four games fewer than the Western champion. That might be enough. What do you like, Corey? Uh, you know, I'm going with the Clippers on this one, too, because Kawhi, I think he, honestly, in my opinion, Oops, is an all- you said Clippers? I'm going to change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Honestly, Kawhi is an all-around player. He really is. To me, I was talking with Jimmy about that the other day, that he's just a more all-around player, even more so than LeBron. But, yeah, I got to go with uh, uh, Clippers out in the West. And, yeah, probably the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, just because they're they're sitting at that top seed. Nobody seems like they're going to be taking them down out of the East because the East is weak in my book. I'll tell you, there was a lot of fans in uh, at Little Caesars, a lot of net fans. They're popping mm-hmm. up all over the place. They're waiting for Durant. To come back, that that's <laughs> yep. a that team's a player when he comes back. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm telling you right now, they are. But when but, he but comes he, back, he's that out team's for, he's a player out for the year, though. He's not. Right. He's not coming. back. I understand. Yet. They're not going to win this year. Yeah. But I'm saying, look out in I mean, the future. Yeah, look out for that team. And M- Mass is going to be commuting from uh, New Jersey to Detroit <laughs> when they when they get good. <laughs> hey, I used to go to the empty Meadowlands to watch those damn. Nets. Oh, I hated that arena. You don't I like hate, it? You oh, know, no, it's still no. standing, but it's empty. But it's still standing, and they built around it. They couldn't move they, it. They built around it. <laughs> They've got so much going on over there. I can't. They built the what Mall did, of America. Built built another Mall of America there. Oh wow! I'd it, go to that. It's called uh, the Mall Xanadu. of New Jersey. Xanadu. It, it's Xanadu. not called Xanadu. It's called Xanadu. <laughs> no, it is not. Yes. Now you're just pulling stuff. No, I'm out not. Your it's butt. called no, Xanadu. That, what is that? You, you know, Xanadu. this guy's a little bit of a clown. He likes to have fun, which is okay. <laughs> I'm telling you. They have it. They have a ski, an indoor ski. Thing. No, you are. I'm not kidding. And then indoor skiing. Yes, indoor skiing. They have a par- like a theme park. Uh, I think it's a Nickelodeon theme park. And <laughs> I can believe that. And high that. end shopping Jeez. area, all around the Meadowlands by Metropolitan Stadium, by the Meadowlands racetrack, and buried in there is the old Meadowlands Arena, <laughs> which used to be the Brendan Byrne Arena back yeah, in the I day. I thought you were gonna say Hoffa. No, Hoffa, I always thought was under the real Giant Stadium. I always thought he was. I always thought that was the connection. So that that's what's going on in Jersey, by the way. Xanadu. Wow. It's Xanadu. Go so if you check wanna, it out. If you want to go check it out, feel free. But uh, here's another video we want to play while we wait for Jimmy King to answer his phone. <laughs> uh, we're going to start the, the world of sports, pays tribute to the great Kobe Bryant. Hit it, Angel. I guess it was too quick telling him to hit it. You're too quick, Maz. Well, too quick. While we wait for the video to... It's very difficult for me to put in words this is a great how I feel about the loss of Kobe Bryant. 
Kobe, my thoughts are with you. Absolutely. Rest in peace, young man. This loss is, it's, it's just hard to comprehend. Go with God. I didn't know until Joey just told me coming off uh, 18 green. Um, I didn't really understand why the, the people in the gallery were saying doing it for Mamba. Um, but now I understand. Um, it's a shocker to everyone. Um, un un unbelievably sad and um, one of the more tragic days that uh, I think, well, for me, it's just, the rally just kind of sitting in because um, I was just told in Parlo about, you know, five minutes ago. This probably was a, uh, probably the hardest game I ever had to play. Uh, and he played for the Knicks. It's true. Just, um, I don't know. Uh, I couldn't focus at first when I first heard the news. It was tough getting out there at first, but, man, I just sent my prayers to the family. I'm sorry it happened like that. Um, it was hard to play today, I think. We could take it down, Angel, and I just found out our good buddy uh, Jimmy King is on the line, has been on the line, but uh, we had a little technical difficulty, but we've got him on right now here on The Wrap. Jimmy King, former Fab Fiver, and, of course, you could hear him on King and Foster, two days a week, Thursday, Friday, and on demand That's right, right here King. on NRM. Jay King, sorry to keep you waiting, my friend. No, it's all good. I love listening to you guys. <laughs> Thanks, man. Hey, we wanted to obviously no, I a, ask I you. I was a fan. I was a fan before we were teammates or partners in the studio. So I love listening to you, Maz, Corey, and of course UT. <laughs> yes, sir. I know you're a fan of Kobe's as well, and uh, you got a chance to to mix up with him for a little bit. Absolutely, Kobe. Um, when he first got into the league. I believe it was uh, going into his second year. I was with the Lakers, the summer league out there. <clears throat> and uh, I got to spend some time. Obviously, we played the same position. We went against each other in practice um, and, you know, was fighting for the spot. And we spent time in the locker room uh, just chopping it up, just getting to know each other. And um, what I remember about the young Kobe is that even in that, at that moment and at that time, um, despite being, you know, drafted 13th overall and being a high pick, being a lottery pick, uh, he still uh, had that confidence of, of, you know, wanting to be the best, wanting to learn. Even at that, at that age, he was just driven to be um, better than who he thought and who we all thought at that time was the best in, in Michael Jordan. And those were the conversations that we had. I, you know, I, I've never really talked about what we shared. But one thing that I'll never forget is that when um, we were talking about, you know, who influenced us and who we admired, and he said that, you know, there was two people that he, he emulated. And... Number one, obviously, was MJ, and the other was me. And he said that MJ was, you know, obviously the professional, and he was at, you know, at the uh, pro level, but he looked at all levels of the game. And at that time, I was, um, I had, it was my second year maybe um, in the league, and, and I had just come out of college. So for him, I was his college. Uh, role model and 
those words, you know, you know, reflecting on those today obviously mean much more. Um, because when you sit in a locker room competing against someone and they tell you that, you always, you know, kind of side item on like you're trying to soften me up so you can take <laughs> my spot, you know. That's, that's how I was looking at it. But really, he really was being sincere. He was sharing something that um, as I'm looking back over and watching all these news reports and people talking about their interactions with Kobe over the years is just that, is that Kobe always expressed, uh, you know, who he admired or he expressed and, and, and tried to talk to people uh, to find out more to, uh, and really just to really be better, <laughs> to be the best version of that. So that's my, you know, my version of of really uh, remembering uh, him and and what everybody's referring to as the Mamba mentality. Yeah, Jimmy, you mentioned uh, mixing up with Kobe in practice. Uh, when you regarded him and he was squaring up, and he's you know he he's always eyeing somebody up. Did you have an ABCs uh, approach to defending him? Was there certain things you wanted to do or trying to make him to do, or what was your defensive well, you approach? Well, you didn't know. Well. At first, you know, it's always the fill-out. You always got to fill out, um, you know, how, what what, what his comfort zone is, where his spots are that he, he may gravitate to. You try to keep him out of those spots or force him in, uh, to doing things that he wasn't comfortable with. The thing about Kobe is he wasn't uncomfortable about doing anything. He was so athletic and uh, cerebral that it was, to do that most players you can find an angle to uh to use against him uh, when you're defending him but kobe was so uh uh versatile and he and he was able to adapt that you really couldn't um and he had supreme confidence so you really you know couldn't get him off his game you just had to the, the biggest thing about kobe uh i would say is is that you had to be just as uh, a high-level competitor as him. And if you weren't, he would eat you. So my thing was just to match his intensity and to match the, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that fire uh, that you saw in his eyes, you know. Because if he, if, if he didn't see it back in you, you know, he didn't let up. He was relentless. He kept going. So that was, um, you know, I would say it, it's really matching his intensity, his fire, uh, so you so that you don't get embarrassed. You know, the great thing would have been if he had gone to college, y'all would have would have been duking it out earlier than that because he wanted to go to Duke. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and it would have been great. You know, it'd been like all the other uh, Duke match matchups, but um, you know, obviously uh, that didn't work out for him. He skipped straight to the league because he 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 was that good. So. Um, you know, it's it's almost like, uh, you know, like like Kevin Garnett, same deal. You know, Kevin was going to come to Michigan, uh, but his grades would, uh, didn't allow him to. He skipped to the league, and you know, you look at his career; he's kind of parallel, same time, same time frame with uh, with Kobe, and they both were successful in their own right. He made this is a Jimmy King on the line with us here on the wrap. Uh, Terry Foster, Corey Stewart. Ethan and uh, Tom Azaway here. Uh, 
chatting about Kobe. Oh, Ethan, too. What's up, Ethan? I mean to leave you out. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's always here. He's, uh-huh. like, he's like a fungus. <laughs> <laughs> he's the fungus wow. among us. <laughs> anyway, there's, a, there's, there's guys that practice. Remember Allen Iverson? And then there's guys that really practice, you know. Kobe Bryant, from what I understand, wouldn't leave the floor until he made a thousand jump shots. I can't even imagine that. Jeez. <laughs> well, it, it sounds crazy, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was one of the standards for uh, the, the few that that were willing to put in that type of work. I remember, you know, in practice, um, you know. It, it, I always tried to be the first one there and the last to leave, you know. Um, and there was only a few people that I couldn't beat to the gym. Um, Reggie Miller was his number one on that list, and wow. Kobe is is a close second. Wow. Was, you know, spending time in um, honing your craft and really just being a gym rat, um, you know, that's, that's what they truly embody. You know, I watched him. You know, you know, come and go, and when he walked into the locker room, his presence was definitely felt. You know, people would turn around. You could feel his presence <laughs> uh, when he walked into the locker room. And the way that our locker room was configured at the time, our lockers was across from everyone else, so we sat next to each other. And so that's how we really got, you know, really had those private conversations while everybody was on the other side of the locker room. And... um yeah, I, it's, 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 it's real. It's crazy uh, to think about it because I'm remembering things that that I forgot. And and it's really um, telling, uh, and it's true to all the stories that I've been hearing for the past 24 hours about him. And it's just a tragedy that, you know, his life is cut short, especially what he was doing, um, you know, with the young girls, the daughter, uh uh, being an advocate, um, just being a, 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 a holistic person, talking about investing, um, talking about, um, you know, society as a whole, doing things outside of his comfort zone, winning an Oscar, uh, although talking about the game, but still stepping out and and, and doing things that, that most people in his position wouldn't even think to do or try. And he was successful at it, and he was the best at doing it, um, even stepping outside. I remember one time I had a conversation with Isaiah Thomas, and he said that if you just think of me as a basketball player, then I have failed. I failed. Right, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure Kobe Bryant has that same mentality. I think Kobe's a dad first. That's what he would want to be remembered for. Mm -hmm. I mean, because he, boy, did he love his girls, man. He's also a classical pianist. Wow. And uh, he spoke how many languages? I know he spoke I, fluent I, Italian. Yeah, I think it was like five, five, yeah. five languages. Yeah, he spoke four or five languages. Unbelievable. mean about being a holistic person. This guy spoke um, uh, Spanish, German, uh, Italian, you know, obviously English. I'm trying to get English down. <laughs> I only eat we'll those things. Right. I only eat Italian and Spanish. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Spanish rice and Italian uh, pasta. Uh, yeah, you got it, Jimmy. Man, hey, did you guys ever talk? Did he ever, like, uh, ring your ear on the Fab Five at all? Was he interested? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, well that's, that was part of the, like, 
you know, that's it's it's my legacy. It's my life. You know, I'm not sitting up to anyone, especially, you know, in the locker rooms talking about the Fab Five, but he brought it up. And he was mentioning, you know, how – because he was, this is what I mean by him being thirsty and wanting to be great. He was he was asking me how did we do what we did mm. at a young age when he's the same age. Wow. <laughs> he was the same age at the time. Man. And what – you know, what our mentality was like uh, and our mental makeup. And that's, that's when I knew he was really different because it just reminded me of myself of really being a student of the game and really having that passion and, 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 and being unapologetic about it. Like, he didn't care. Like, he wanted to be the best. He didn't care what you thought about him. He still was going to do his thing. And, um, you know, that you look at the examples of when he was a rookie – uh, and everyone, you know, refers to this when when he first got the opportunity and he was playing against Utah and he shot those air balls in a row. Most people after one would have sat down or just passed the ball or, you know, maybe try something else. But Kobe was so supremely confident in his ability that, you know, he kept shooting the ball. And eventually, you know, we've seen um, uh, why, you know, he had the ultimate confidence in himself and, he didn't care. He didn't care what the criticism was. He didn't care what the fans were saying, even what the coaches were saying. You know, um, Jalen Rose told me, you know, even when they he dropped 81 against them, against the Raptors, um, you could hear, hear the bench. You could hear the coaches, you know, telling them, this is the play, this is where you're supposed to go, and Kobe's defying them, but still making bucks mm. and still playing the game. <laughs> that's so because he felt like that's what he needed to do to win. And at the end of the day, you know, if you watch the press conference, you know, he didn't gloat. He didn't uh, brag about it. He talked about the game itself and what he felt he needed to do to win. And that's, that's uh, the true embodiment of that guy. I, I know he didn't want to pass to Kwame Brown. That's one thing I know he didn't want to do. I wouldn't either. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather take the shot than Kwame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they ran Kwame out of there. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, who have you talked to uh, in the past 24 hours? Who's reached out to you? Who have you reached out to? Oh, man. Uh, um, like yeah. NBA wow, people. Wow, everybody. Yeah. It's, it's, weird. it's crazy that, you know, uh, great question. And literally, like, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I mean, all my brothers, yeah. which, you know, all of my five, five brothers, um, Obviously, Man. Um, you know Derek Holman. Um, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Here. I didn't want to put you on a the spot. I know I'd take you off the ground here, but but you did. I did. No, I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah, lots no, of no, people. No, no, no. A lot of people who have been reaching out. I don't want to name you know because uh, you know because it's a lot of them, and I don't want to just name a few. But it's a it's it's you know everybody is pretty much one in a line right now. So everybody's you know kind of reaching out even you know, our old teammates that we haven't spoke to or seen in a while. So, um, and then, you know, we're all kind of picky backing off each other. Like, you know, I just talked to, you know, him and such and such. And, hey. you know, they said, what's up? So is everybody just kind of um, reaching out to each other? You know, it's, cool, it's really like the ultimate uh, group text of, it is. Everybody's really reaching out. We look forward to seeing you guys. Uh, we look forward to seeing you on Thursday. Uh, 
It's King and Foster coming up on Thursday, and then, of course, they repeat it on Friday. Another show, and we'll get you on demand, and can't wait to hear some more stories, Jimmy. Thanks thanks for taking a couple yeah, of minutes with us, brother. Absolutely, buddy boy. Always, my brother. All right, All right Jimmy King, Fab Five and NRM Streamcast, and guys will go around the room. You know, as we uh, wrap up here, we got a couple of minutes to go, and you know what? What, what more can uh, what more can you say about this guy that hasn't been said and we haven't been watching on television? And we're we're like completely inundated. It's like when Princess Di passed away. I yeah. think th- th- this is kind of like that. I it think, is to me. It it hits home more than Princess Di. But mm-hmm. I well, just, to me, it's 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 more along the lines. Maybe not to the magnitude, but yeah. Prince. And Michael Jackson, because then you hear yep. the first report, MJ, you kinda, for sure. You don't yep. believe it, yep. and then it's like true, and like mm-hmm. then you're stunned. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So that that's what it felt like now, for me. And Michael Jackson, when he passed, I couldn't get enough of watching and listening to because I loved loved his music. I you know grew up a Jackson fan. I'm mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. I'm still a Jackson Five guy. I'm still mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. You know I know things happened and. I try to put him on the side. You even got the glove. I do. I, I do have the glove. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I got all those records. Anyway, but I can't watch this for some reason. I I can't make myself watch this anymore. I, I don't want to watch it. I, I just don't even want to. I just want to pretend it didn't even happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really it's, hard. It's, it's really well, hit me, man. the media does have a tendency, yeah. and in this circumstance, it is for ratings because people don't have enough because – he was a great player and everything, and you gotta let this roll for two or three days. Mm-hmm. It's suffocating, and I, like I said, I can't even imagine what Vanessa and her girls are going through. Yeah. The Bryants right now at home. I'm just glad that they're okay. They lost yeah. Gigi, but they have three other daughters that have to love and and care for. And I hope everything works out. Terry, mm-hmm. thanks for coming in, man. You bet, no problem there, buddy. Appreciate. Boy. It. Look forward thanks to seeing for you. Me. Look forward to seeing you on we'll Thursday. Be back Thursday, and you'll be here. And God and willing, I'm excited about that. God willing, mm-hmm. Corey. It's good to have oh, you back. Yeah. Yeah, I did eat today. Thank you, man. Ethan, thanks, buddy. Thank you. It's always good having you here. Thanks for putting everything together for us. Thank the guys in the back for me. Corey, not Corey. Corey, you're right here. Angel, Kelsey, and Cole. All right. We're missing Steven today. Would have been good to have him on. He's a big basketball fan. He is. Hey, a happy birthday shout out to Cole's mom, Mrs. Seeger. Happy birthday out there to Mrs. Seeger. And everyone, have a great rest of the week. We'll talk to you again. On the wrap on NRM Streamcast. Uh, Rest in peace, Kobe. Mamba forever.